スロットドーンシュAll the good stuff. So yep, that was our really good cool. friends. Um, that was awesome. So you got to go to some, some arcades and stuff like that. Yep, went to the arcade there. I got it. Went... Honestly, uh, a lot of stuff there was closed early. Like uh, I went to New York twice that time, and everything closed at like eight o'clock there. Hmm. Where were you staying? In Manhattan. Huh? Where were you staying? You said you went to New uh, York. I was staying in New Jersey, and I oh, took okay. the New Jersey Transit over. So were you visiting well, family? Because almost... you're from Jersey, right? Originally. Yeah, I was losing family, and New York happens to be just an hour and 30-minute uh, train ride, so I went to the station, just rode over, uh, and then took the Jersey Transit and just took the subways from there. Uh, phone almost died on the... Phone died halfway through the subway, so I almost didn't know how to get off. So that was fun. Wow. Okay. Good times. Uh, well, bring uh... a uh, portable charger if you go to New York City, people. Don't, uh... <laughs> Don't go with that one because if your phone dies, you're kind of screwed. You're kind of screwed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we okay, take for granted how charge. much we need these devices for everything, right? Yeah, honestly, the only thing I really need for is the ticket. I was able to get people point me to Penn Station, but I needed mm -hmm. the ticket to be able to get on the Jersey Transit back to New York City. So, yeah, back would, to Jersey. It's kind of crazy. Like when I went to when I went to Yosemite, I basically didn't have a phone. I mean, couldn't use it for anything because there was no internet. But I mean, you're in Yosemite, so the whole point is you're supposed to be off of your phone. But yeah, it was just funny because stuff was happening and I was just like getting notifications, but not actually able to click through to them. So it's weird when you you're just like forever yeah. floating with the circular thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be like, oh, crap, stuff is happening and I have no I can't click on this. You know, it's like, why is it giving me the notification if it's not going to let me click through? Thanks, Malenko, for the. Uh, Oh, it's folks. a it's actually happy belated birthday to Blue Moon ninety five. Happy um, belated birthday, Blue Moon! Shouts out! Yeah, shouts we'll to Blue. To, I'll send you five bucks. <laughs> we'll, we'll forward that five dollars to Blue Moon. Uh, we'll forward it on. Just give me your Venmo, and I'll Venmo you five bucks. Dock it from his uh, from his monthly contribution or whatever. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Get back. Well, we've got but so yeah, much to uh, talk about, right? I mean, uh, today, like, we hardly have enough time to cover everything that we're going to cover in today's show because yeah. there was a huge leak on Monday. Uh, was it Monday? Sunday? Monday? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was Monday. Monday. The that's early right. hours. Early of Monday. in the morning, like three a.m. or something like that. So anyway, huge leak. Uh, Stega of America fiscal year '97 uh, brand review. So basically, looking back on their the failures of '96. <laughs> no, I'm sadly, no, sadly, but uh, but yeah. So I lots of how are you doing though, Dave? You oh, um, I don't know what you're doing. It's not like, all about me. Like how am I doing? I've uh, been really busy looking at all of this information. Also doing work, uh, sending Jesse on a plane on Monday to see his grandparents by himself. So that's he's that sounds a scary. Big man, Charlie Brown. He's growing up, and uh, yeah, no. I, for me, not not much. Just been working a lot the, over the past week. Uh, 
did two Shiro shows without you and missed you on both of those. Sorry to hear that. Don't want to make you feel bad or anything like that, but yeah, uh, you were I did. I felt horrible. I was crying Good. in the streets in New York. I'm glad. I left you a sad face because I really wanted you to really wanted you to feel exactly. feel terrible about yourself no i'm just kidding. i felt i felt <laughs> I'm terrible so i'm glad that you were having fun my phone died we're i had all... no contact to dave i was crying on the subway home we're all awful. entitled to have a break every once in a while yeah mm. but i no, miss you pat me. and um I, I get no breaks i have to work all the time so but yeah I get dollies dollies put together so that was kind of cool so um do oh you got more dollies you know i actually made i, I actually made a little gif of you uh with like mm -hmm. several different quotes you know it would be it was like it's a so this will be my new cardboard cutout for the show when you're gone it's just like a little pat with like little uh quote bubbles like check out my new steely dan vinyl or um just painting some dollies you know or uh you know, different, different, different pack quotes. I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, well, you'll see it when uh, the next time you don't uh, show up for a show. Dang. But uh, was it on the last show? Out there? No, 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 no. I ended up show. having retrospectors on, and that was cool. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Dan, Dan Trax is a little sore because uh, I didn't have him on because he doesn't have a green screen. So there's some drama there. No, I'm just kidding, Dan. Giving you a hard time. We're yeah, definitely behind I, the scenes drama. I actually do hope. I actually do hope, Dan, that you invest in like a twenty dollar green sheet. Or something like that, and just put it up on or the wall Dan behind you. Wants, you could probably ask if we can finance a green screen for him and a thing to hold it up. Oh I've yeah. Just been waiting for, that. I've just been waiting for the coffers to open up Actually, for that green screen to just arrive on my doorstep. There you go, Pat. Just order him one on Amazon and get it done. Dance me your address and what you need. <laughs> Y'all have my address. I bought a magazine. I lost it. We do. That's a creative way to get it. I okay. So we we have a lot of people's addresses, but you have to understand those things come through, and I shipped them out in like thirty different in bulk. You know, so it wasn't like I, I, I could probably dig in there and find your address. Um, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'll I'll get a green screen at some point. I've just been yeah lazy. I've been too busy buying myself uh, anime figures instead. So well, that you is a noble cause. I guess that's a noble cause, but um, no. None of them are cast-offs, but this, that's not a here nor there. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Pudgy well, Bunny, let, let me know in chat. Has he got... Y'all got hentai figures in your apartment? Okay, or guys. I don't know where you live at. No, There's no a reason. Disrespect. Focus. Focus. There's a reason why we're here. We have a lot of stuff... It's to make fun of each other. ...to talk about. Well, that too. Um, Yeah, so, okay. So, Golden Dreamcast posts uh, this huge dump shouts to him uh on the internet archive and then it gets picked up by sega retro and then it gets picked up by uh what is john harrison uh and shared on twitter and then everybody's uh shouting it out and uh don't know who to credit but it was golden dreamcast so he joined our discord and we're sincerely thankful to him for the contribution to game history and here we are to talk about it and dan has done a ton of combing through these documents and has done some great write-ups. Nick did a great write-up. I wrote some crap up as well, and I've definitely been uh, pouring through these documents and highlighting them and everything like that. It's like I'm back in college. Thing. So uh, anyway, let's. Uh, why let's, don't we get right let's into take it? To school. Because like we got until about what 4:30, maybe five if we push it, and uh, we, I want to cover as much of it as we can. And Pat just turned into a a black block. Block. That's, that's, right. that's hap that happens occasionally. I, can I do it without you, that happening? I don't know. Okay, there we go. Bring up the browser without 
you turning into a black block anyway okay so um where do we even begin on this dan do you want to take the lead yes no he's eating um, dinner oh okay no i'm busy unmuting okay i'll try to post pictures of my latest anime figure on cho on co-host um yeah so <laughs> well you already kind of uh introduced that this was a a leak um early in the morning on monday and it's it's the brand review from sega of america their fiscal year 1997 brand review which uh, all the documents are dated or most of them um for march or april 1996 because their fiscal year went april 1996 through march 1997 so they were talking about all of their plans for that period of time right and then uh and, and doing a little bit of a post-mortem of how things have gone over the previous fiscal year um including uh sales data right. and 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 just kind of like generally some some powerpoint slides basically about uh you know here's how sony's kicking our ass <laughs> and mm -hmm. what we should probably do to fix that right um it's it's insanely illuminating um yeah it, yeah it's it's a sort of you know behind the curtain thing that you almost never get to see especially in the video game industry where there are ndas everywhere and no one really likes to leak anything uh and it's really crazy to get this almost 30 years later uh you know it's just kind of stayed stayed uh hidden all this time and uh, uh the document's been added to subsequently because I guess there were a few missing pages, so now it's up to like right. over 280 pages. But it consists of 90, yeah. so we had to okay. So we've got we've got things like the E3 96 floor plan in great mm -hmm. detail, little sketches and little notes and plans that they were making, things that were flexible to change, things that they were uh, thinking that might happen that didn't happen. You got emails from Tom Kalinske. Here's one example of uh, optimism after a trip to Japan. Uh, just seeing how crazy they were uh, it was doing over there and just trying to pump up the sales team pump up the uh, merchant uh pump up the marketing and sales to get them to because uh, from the from the tone of the email it sounds like things were pretty bleak already or like the just morale was down and he was just like i wish i could get everybody over to japan to see you know how in we're all honesty, in all honesty though like they needed they need to release all the lit games that didn't release there they need all the dating sims they need all the red label games, especially the red label games. I think the red label games would have been would have saved the Saturn, changer. right? You know, the Mahjong and the uh, strip poker games would have Mahjong, just done strip it. Poker, strip poker, uh, strip was a Playboy photo, uh, whatever things. If they had that, I guarantee you Saturn would have been saved. Well, let me just fly through the overview, pets. <laughs> so we had no, uh, we had storyboards for the uh, Mednik Group commercials, the Armageddon and uh, La Zona Blanca. The airport commercial. There mm -hmm. were um, Saturn versus Sony uh, sales background, uh, you know, uh, numbers. And Dantrax did a whole article. We're going to talk about that. Um, we had concern, uh, a lot of self awareness, which I, I either Nick or Dan's article spoke to that. The fact, the amount of self awareness in these documents is crazy. Like they knew that they were hurting bad, and uh, they also knew how uh, how well Sony was doing. Uh, concern over lack of sports titles uh, was a big deal. Um, brand review uh, key issues that they uh, basically identified with themselves and acknowledgement of communication issues, which I think we all know now. It's like a, it's like the old story of you know lack of communication. Um, 
or you know and infighting and stuff like that but they're basically saying they acknowledge they have these problems um consumer research acknowledgement of sony's uh position sony's bad stuff their superior the position stuff. lots of uh, brand promotion partnerships with like general mills post oscar meyer you know this is Was what's going to contest thing in there too that they talked about or some contest there could have been the there could have been uh this is just a portion of it like this isn't everything this is just a a, a handful of the ads and it's funny because I ate, you know, oatmeal and Wheaties and Raisin Bran as a kid, and I don't ever remember. See, you know how we say, you know, how we say we never like really heard about Saturn back in the day, but it's like I don't remember seeing. I don't know, maybe by '96 I was like uh, eighth grade. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe it's just that. You told me that you never had any in, in, a nice Oscar wiener with a Saturn <laughs> lad on it. Not that I recall. I mean, it, maybe. Maybe I just, you know, maybe my mom just threw threw it away and I never saw it. I don't know. see, uh, I don't know, like, I, I wish I could open up a package of uh, Oscar Myers and have this kid look like he's about to vomit blood looking at these God, games Pat. and, like, like buy a You gotta Saturn. go so dark with it. Saturn merchandise oh, inventory. Oh, that's a Genesis. Never mind. Throw that in the trash. Saturn merchandise inventory report showing, like, zero units at Walmart. Um, that's crazy. Dang. Like, and and it's true too because I I remember didn't send them any. Yeah, like uh, Saturn. No, None. I mean like in '95 there were there were, were Saturns at Walmart from what I understand, but like apparently not in '96. You know, uh, you've got critical software issues and required actions. Uh, key issues for fiscal year '97. This is there's so much more in this document, but these are just some of the things that you'll find. Virtual Fighter 2 Remix, an email mentioning Virtual Fighter 2 Remix. Um, Dan, you made several observations just in our Discord alone, including the you know 97,032 add-ons were sold through '95. And uh, SOA was considering the scrap value of the remaining stock with loads uh, still in the in the uh, warehouses. Yeah, that scrap value slide. There were a couple slides that mentioned the scrap value. Exactly. <laughs> like if you're considering Listen, scrap, that was stunning. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like X, that that funny, it deserves you know? nothing better to put into a friggin' a friggin' crusher and sold for scrap. I mean, you're talking about, but the the um, the the 32x has sh2s in it you know so it's like imagine i mean not that it would have helped to have a bunch more saturns unsold but i mean if you're considering the scrap value of the of the 32x then you know you you probably should have just made those into saturns you know uh because of those they should have probably never made a period but no uh, yeah exactly send yeah. japan they were like you gotta or sega champions like you gotta do it i mean uh he uh, oh, uh, Sega of America considered Knights to be a title targeted at very a very young audience. That's uh, that's that an important surprising. that's an important key factor. Um, yeah, and I feel that like that's a new piece of information. I don't think we've ever considered Knights to have been targeted at a very young audience before. You know, right? Well, okay, I, I have things to say about that for sure, but I definitely sure. don't. But you're absolutely right. I don't think it we ever it was ever official. I think it was always just our own takes on things. I don't think it, we ever it had a crystal ball into Sega of America's thoughts to know that, they, that yeah. that's what they thought. But they obviously changed their tune as a, a month 
or two later at E3. Uh, so I'll, we'll end up talking about that. But yeah, no stock of Saturn consoles at Walmart as of March 96. Uh, these are all Dan's takes that I copied uh, surreptitiously. Uh, SOA knew they had a massive problem with their sports lineup. They even considered acquiring Accolade just to gain a football title. SOA had waited, if they had waited a year, SOJ uh, could have developed Netlink to utilize the serial port rather than the cartridge port. That's interesting. We'll talk about um, SOA considered Netlink support for Gun Griffin, Baku Baku Animal, and Descent, which uh, incidentally was never released on Saturn, Command and Conquer, and Duke Newcomb. Duke Newcomb. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of misspelling think, uh, errors in these yeah, emails. The thing that I, I think we we talk about it though, but uh, we did interview. Should we just say about the? We don't have to give details, right? About the Command and Conquer stuff. Are we even allowed to say that we spoke to? We spoke to something. So we got somebody that was regarded in the like we'll be vague as possible, but yeah, we we eventually spoke to somebody that was involved in the company to some capacity, and they pretty much said, yeah, uh, it's this is like basically like they that's like they basically said that it was considered yeah. to mouse support, but because um because of issues with the you know the wanting to rush the release and be an early title, yeah. not having those libraries, they couldn't really uh, implement that. Yeah, we was Iron Conquer really that early though? When did that come out? It was I thought it was well into nineteen ninety six. Uh, well, so was not knowledge that port came out. Know, to what we heard, they pretty much said uh, they were given pretty much everything at the last second, and the mouse support just couldn't be couldn't be done. They couldn't even That's get a mouse pretty... peripheral, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, Conquer came. Out at the very end of 1996, December, <laughs> and it had been worked on for a while. I guess so. Yeah. yeah um. Huh. But moving on, there are a lot of misspellings in the, in these documents. I will say. Um. So like Newcomb, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, what is it? Uh, Shinobu Toyota refers to Crash Bandicoot as Crash Bandigoo, <laughs> which is funny. But I mean, it's just par for the course when you're reading through these documents. There's a lot of spelling errors. Uh, SOA wanted to sell the Sega Pluto for a whopping five hundred fifty dollars. Five hundred fifty. I know you can get one and for for twenty. Sega times Japan the cost. said, "You guys are crazy." Uh, oh so yeah, two times ti hundred times the cost. Yeah, you can go buy it from. Uh, Adam. Well, or no, the Vega. other guy is from. Yeah. Rigolor Saga 2 was on the calendar for November 96 and later March 97. Uh, we'll talk about that later in Nick's article. Terra Fantastica, Terra Fantastica was a reserve title uh, for Fiscal 97. list goes on and on. That's just a sample of uh, what we got on Monday, and we're just, like, gobsmacked. Like, okay, how, where do we go from here, you know? So, um, so next up were the uh, revelations that Dan made regarding the sales figures. What did it all mean? Yeah. What do all these numbers mean? He found he found he found the dirt. Uh, yeah, they've got um, they they had a slide showing the monthly sales numbers for the Saturn. Um, they don't really say whether it's the United States or all of North America, like including Canada. But I'm pretty sure it's just the United States. Um, that's just kind of my feeling. Um, but yeah, they had the monthly. Uh, sales of the Saturn. It, apparently, the the launch month, the vaunted launch month of the Saturn, it sold a whole nineteen thousand eight hundred forty four uh, Saturns. Um, dipped a little bit the next month to eighteen thousand. Then it kind of really dropped off. July and August it was about ten thousand each. 
um, for going up to 19,000 in September, which was the launch of these PS1. And they also have the PS1's monthly sales through 1995. PS1 launched with 130,000 units sold in September. Uh, so, <laughs> so to put it another way, in the months leading up to the PlayStation's launch, the Saturn sold 59,000 consoles. That's May through August. That lead evaporated instantly as Sony's console debuted to 130,000 units, while uh, Sega just pushed 19,000 that month. So by the end of the year, PlayStation had a lead of more than 400,000 units, 645,000 versus 237,000. Right. Yikes. And they went on to lie. Big blowout. I think you mentioned the fact that they went on to kind of love the numbers to kind of because like over you know i've i've owned a saturn only since 2018 i'm a pretty new saturn uh owner relatively and like uh, yeah when i when i first got my saturn and i started really like looking into it and finding out about the crazy library and, and all the history of it i was really digging into the press releases that were uh in sega retros um archives yeah yeah and and like because i'm like so how did the saturn really i've always wondered how did the saturn just really not do well how did it do so poorly and i was trying to like reconcile how it did with what these press releases were saying that they put out once or twice a month throughout 1995 and you know now we see that they were uh full of bs (laughs) so for example there was an august 30th press release Mm mm-hmm um, that said more than 100,000 Sega Saturns have been sold since May 11th. Right. And, uh, the it real number ship, was... It probably, it probably, it probably tried to sell it. It's like, it just shipped. Right? Now, is that what they were telling their shareholders? I hope not, because that's illegal. Uh, yeah, it would be <laughs> like... illegal. Yeah, well, more than... it was. The real number was just over half. It was, like right. I said, 15,000 by the yeah. end of August. Um, looks, like a, looks like a Yuji Naka's going to have another cellmate soon. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, he's he didn't he didn't uh he's not going to prison. They um suspended his sentence. But if he sneezes wrong, he has to serve two and a half years. That's how that works. Okay. Well yeah, almost anyway. Almost yeah. prison. Well, that's a good side note. So so yeah, they, they, they flubbed on the numbers. They wanted to look a little bit more uh well positioned than they were. And they, they knew that they knew that the writing was on the wall. Uh, and you said that December '95 was uh, was their best year by far, uh, selling 119, almost almost 120 thousand consoles that month alone. Um, yeah, that was the best month that year. Um, now I believe that's not their best month overall in the United overall. States. I think that was December 1996. Yeah, I think they did sell huge something price like a cut. Saturns, yeah, and they had the you know the three free games. They had uh, Daytona, Virtual Fighter 2, and right. Virtual Cop. And I think that helped really push a lot of consoles. But, um, but yeah, they did have a pretty good December in 95, although not quite as good as Sony, who sold 340,000 PS1s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, um, that's so, RIP. Yeah, so this uh, these documents didn't just have hardware sales numbers, they also had software sales numbers, and that was super cool, too. Um, uh, so they, they only have first party software sales. Unfortunately, they don't have the third party sales. I'm sure they probably were tracking them somehow, but I guess that wasn't relevant to their strategy meetings Mm -hmm. that these documents were produced for. Um, so 
uh, I kind of like reordered it and put it in the article here to sort them from highest sales to lowest. And their highest sales, these don't count the copies that were given away for free in bundles, uh, I believe. Uh, these are the actual sales. <clears throat> they had 89,000 copies of Daytona USA sold. That was the highest selling Saturn game. Um, heading, uh, was that into, yeah, heading into January. So mm. by the end of 1995, Daytona was the best seller. Virtua Fighter 2 was a bit behind it at 65,000 copies. Panzer Yagoon was third place with 53,000. Bug was the fourth highest selling first party game, mm-hmm. 47,000. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, which I think, I'm not sure I, I put it in the article, but I think I recall a press release saying Bug has shipped uh, has shipped 100,000 copies or something. And it's like, yeah, well, they clearly didn't even sell half that. Right. <laughs> yeah, they might have shipped them out, but they were sitting yeah, on uh, shelves and then later in bargain uh, bins, you know? Yeah. Right. And then uh, rounding out now top sitting five. On, uh, sitting on game shelves for $100 a piece. Mm-hmm. And so rounding out the top five in uh, America was Sega Rally Championship, which sounds pretty good. Um, but I believe that uh, some of the other numbers, I think uh, this also I did not put in the story because uh, this might be one of the added pages later. But um, Sega Rally Championship had like, uh, like I don't know, maybe Pandemonium knows, but it was, it was a ton of copies that were in the software channel that had not been sold in the retail channel hmm. um 42,000 copies sold is horrible compared to how many they actually printed and i think that right. actually for a lot of these games they printed you know 100 150,000 copies of all these games and then they sold not even 100,000 of any of them some of these by the way are horrible bombs i'll just mention real quick gen war um the uh, i think it's a first uh net like a first person tank game yeah it's the jumping jack the- software <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's one of the Tiger Team games. Exactly. Uh, it sold four thousand whole copies by That's, the end of nineteen ninety five. That blows my mind. And there you go, folks. Yeah. That's why that that game has remained cheap on eBay for for a long time. Not just because it's. Uh, some people think, oh, well, it's just kind of like a crappy game or something like that. It's not actually that bad. It's kind of cool. Like, they, they were doing some stuff with it. It was very early, and they, they didn't have the uh, Sega graphics library to work with. But the thing is, it's, they printed probably so many of them and sold so few that a lot ended up being, like, um, you know, bargain, bargain bin. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think it was an E.T., uh, you know d- dumps you know g- taking them to the dump and burying them kind of situation i just think they end up out there with resellers and and stores over the years to there's so there's so many out there it's just kind of common but it didn't sell very much you know like uh like dan saying like daytona usa is actually pr- it's a great game but it's still pretty common because they made so many of them and it didn't sell well you know i mean yeah, it I sold well it sold well but not by comparison with like yeah. You know, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, 1995 they realized, okay, this is how many copies of these games we are actually selling. We need to readjust how many we're making because then yeah. they, they in the '96 documents that like for their upcoming fiscal year 1997, they are going they uh, start setting sales estimates of like 30,000 copies <laughs> for Panzer Dragoon's Vi and some of the mm-hmm. other ones. The thing is, it I have to wonder though if uh, oh, go ahead. It makes me wonder if like that at uh. Because all these games are pretty much pretty easy to get. Like these aren't like hundred dollar, like almost like super rare games. It makes me wonder if uh, if that's that's when the rarity started happening. Is once these games start getting lower print numbers and you can. I think find so. Them. Yeah, I think that would make that that 
uh, hypothesis makes sense. So Dan, uh, I think they really lowered how many they start printing after '95. Yes, Dave. Well, so here's my question: when it, whenever yeah. it comes to data, uh, and we're like fact checking, and we're kind of asking ourselves like, how accurate is this data? I mean, I would imagine since it's an internal memo, it would have to be accurate, right? It wouldn't make sense yeah. for it to be inaccurate. But at the same time, we know that Mystaria actually sold. You know, like I have a copy of it on my shelf. Um, yes, I know. Right. For, I know. For it was... People listening to the podcast, Mastari is listed as having sold zero copies. So, what does that do to the integrity of the information? Because I know that that's not true. It, uh, it probably, yeah, it probably I... wasn't reported from the game company that sold it. The well, but Sega published it. So, <clears throat> do you think that that? Do you think that that's a lie to protect themselves from litigation? We didn't sell any. Um, yeah, there's got to be a story behind that that is not containing this document explaining why Mystaria is listed as zero. It could be uh, some kind of creative reporting um, because right. they maybe knew at that point that uh, Dungeons & Dragons um, was looking to sue them potentially because it's similar to their Mystara campaign setting. Right. Um, and and uh, it also could be listed as zero because at that point they had already recalled all the copies, so they're not considering any of them as having been sold. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure some of them got out because we know there are copies of Mystaria out there. Well, yeah, because um, on the game in the game rarity bible, they actually say that Mystaria and Blazing Heroes are almost neck and neck in terms of like rarity, like or in terms of like yeah. availability out there. There's not yeah. that much of an advantage of collecting one over the other because there's about the same amount out there. So, um, and I mean, I, I know that they're not like the Bible, <laughs> even though they're called the Game Rarity Bible. But, but yeah, no, I mean, Honestly, I kinda it's like weird. I kind of like the cover of better, though. It is weird. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. I, Realms of Lore. You know, another, another weird thing is that it says Virtual Fighter Remix sold 2,000 copies. Um, right. And like it's you know been generally understood that that was only given away for free to uh with some consoles for about a month in uh, was october well except for and, in canada um, as a long box it, yeah it was sold in canada but these seem to just be u.s numbers so well, they're not north america yeah. sega. I, I think they're u.s i don't think they're north american cop uh sales does um, sega of america not jurisdict canada though the the did they did they yeah, it does, but I mean, nothing in any of these really talks about Canada. Like yeah, in the I don't whole think because I don't think they would. I think that they were in charge. The I think that the San Francisco office was in charge of all of the like marketing and stuff like that up for Canada too. I could be yeah, wrong, I, and if I am, then crucify me. But I think that they just considered it in North America. But um, yeah. And then of course Mexico yeah, was weird. different. I, I uh, maybe that, that maybe that I, is. I could imagine Canada be jurisdicted by Europe though. Still though, well, that's sense. pretty sad. Two thousand <laughs> co- they sold two thousand copies. Yeah, yeah, maybe they sold. Maybe that is the Canadian sales. Maybe that it is could included. be. It could be. But either way, open. Yeah, that would like, make the hardware sales look even worse. It yeah. would. It wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, my thinking is that they is that Mystery just is counted as recalled, so they put zero. But, yeah. You know, obviously they sold it. There because. Uh, yeah, because I'm surprised they didn't put Blazing Heroes on here, though, but maybe it didn't sell that well, much to Jersey. They probably didn't change the name yet, because they don't mention it as Blazing Heroes anywhere right. in this report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, this might have been right before they did that, probably. Yep. So, <clears throat> let's see. A stall, Cyber Speedware, Gen War. Yeah, you said they were below 10,000 copies. 
Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, and of course, they didn't get a stall in the UK. Maybe it had something to do with that. They were like, "Well, it's so sold so poorly in in the West. In in the US, maybe it won't sell that great in uh, in the UK." But it's sure is a shame. Yeah. Um, and another thing I, I briefly pointed out in the story is that you know uh, some of these that sold poorly, like Cyber Speedway and a stall, they were technically made in Sega of Japan. So Sega of Japan already paid to make them. It came out of their budget. Uh, you know, America was just localizing them. But Gen War um, and Blackfire, which didn't sell great either at just 12,000 copies, Gen War and Blackfire were both commissioned to be developed by Sega of America. They probably exactly. paid for all of the development for them. So they sunk a ton of money into the creation of those games. Mm-hmm. And if they only sold this amount, then mm-hmm. that means uh, Sega of America took a bath on those couple games. They it's sure just did. one of the many ways that Sega of America was bleeding cash yeah. at this particular point in time. Yeah. So the document shows that 546,000 first-party games were sold by the end of 95. So for six months at least, more than that. Like It's more than a half a year. It's... Uh, so yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, considering how big the U.S. is, and and can't, if we're counting Canada, I'm not sure, but uh, that is kind of crazy. Paul Borton chat asked, "What did Mr. Bones sell?" And that uh, Mr. Bones did not come out in 1995. It came out in like fall 1996. So um, it, made a f- it made a few bones. It sold zero, actually. They had to recall <laughs> it. Uh, it's marked as zero in the document. They didn't list it, but it sold so badly they didn't even list it. That's how badly it sold. Zero copies. So, I mean, there's even more. This is like, this was like your cursory glance at at the sales numbers. Are you going to do a follow-up to this or do any updates, do you think? As more... Uh, Maybe if the spirit moves me. Do you you feel like there's a lot more uh, left to discover in terms of sales figures, or is it pretty much what's on the surface here? Yeah, I think that was pretty much the sales that were in there. I mean, there could be a little more analysis that could be done about how what these sales numbers mean and and like some of the pages that were added later in the week referred to um saturn games and and some of the other uh, console games that sega had sitting around in warehouses and uh, were out for there were open orders for them and so you could kind of maybe make some inferences based on on that stuff too um, about how how many copies they printed versus how many they sold. I didn't really get into that in this article, so maybe that mm-hmm. might be something for the future. We have more coverage coming, everybody. Oh yeah, we're not I mean, done like, with. Uh, we're gonna cover you completely. Get a blanket, cover you, smother you, drip down inside him. <laughs> covered know. and smothered. Um, covered and smothered. Yeah, that's that's the sure the sure way. <laughs> you know, come like biscuits and, and gravy soaked in bleach as um, I want you to be. Good song. Good song. Um, so yeah, thanks for that, Dan. Um, actually, it was sure. bit, you. You that was like you gave me the. Uh, you gave me the what are they? The cliff notes, <laughs> so I didn't have to go through and do that. So I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's actually really really crazy. It's it's worse than I thought, honestly. Like I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty 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 awful. And so, again, uh, I didn't know it was that bad because I was re- cause I was reading the press releases like you, right? You know, I was basically <laughs> listening to their their bottom line that they were telling the press, you know, because they didn't want people to know how bad it was internally. I just didn't realize it was that abysmal where it's like they Sony literally sold double almost no, not almost like 
uh, almost like five times the amount up till like December. That's insane. And now Ooh. for a public service announcement: if you haven't played Iron Storm, <laughs> don't. <laughs> it's totally random. Skip it. Next up. article. Yeah, best of Saturday. Ch- check out Iron Storm. It's one of the lesser, uh, you know, lesser focused on working designs games. Anyway. <laughs> right in the trash can. So should we talk about this this Knights mod or come back to it? I think we could probably stay with the document. Stay with the document. Maybe yeah. Okay, we, we can come back around if we have time. It was breaking news, so I wanted to write up a story about it. Um, I, and it seemed like people really uh, found it interesting. They really responded to it on social media. So I think it was a good idea to write a story about it. But we can maybe come back to it here. And if we show. don't, we'll yeah, we'll cover might it next week. All the Saturn news at first. Yeah. If we know, don't, we can always talk about it. it next week for sure. Um, okay. So yeah. So did you guys know that? Uh, the docs were actually a late 2021 eBay. <laughs> Fun fact: They were a late gaming? 2021 eBay purchase by our friend. Uh, our friend, he goes by Gold, Mr. Bones. Yeah, Gold yeah. Bones. What Golden is he? Dream. Golden Dreamcast, uh, but he also goes by like MBS or something, right? That in our chat. MS, a, MSX. MSX. Shouts out. Another great yeah. console. So, so <laughs> tell us about this. Okay, so, um, yeah, MSX, also known as Golden Dreamcast, uh, uploaded, uh, scanned and uploaded all these documents uh, to the Internet Archive, um, and then he was gracious enough to join the Shiro Discord server uh, earlier this week, and he told us his story of how he even got these things. So it all started uh, when he was doing some late-night scrolling on eBay in late 2021, looking for old Sega development hardware. He kind of collects... Uh, that sort of thing, um, which he's not alone in that. And there's quite a few people in our server who like getting that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, took a Steve. Yeah. And then so he uh, found in his searchings a listing titled Vintage Sega Game Development Brand Review Binder from a former employee. And that caught his eye. Uh, he told us I, he, I had to snatch them up before someone else did and have it disappear into the ether. So rather than an auction, the documents are listed as a single buy-it-now price. Um, he wouldn't say exactly how much he paid, but he described it as more than a Saturn, but less than what they projected the Pluto to be. So I'm taking that to mean between 400 and 550 U.S. dollars. My bet's a 500 bucks straight. Yeah, it might be 500. It's it's a lot, um, mm. but I mean, we're all Small extremely grateful. Honestly, yeah. that, that's for that kind of history, I would. I would Honestly, I would have bought that at the Shiro funds immediately. But I'd be like, I, I'd, I'd shoot, I'd shoot first and and ask for forgiveness. Ask later. for forgiveness later, and, imagine, and we would forgive you. Dave no, yeah, I mean that's that the, that's that. a Shiro purchase first. If we had gotten it, we definitely would, we definitely would have. And Peter did the same thing with the with the E three ninety five docs. He got like a huge binder and and scanned everything. Uh, but man, I'm just so glad that he. Uh, that Golden Dreamcast decided to like release this rather than like sit on it or try to get like a huge amount of money, you know, to to resell it, you know. Yeah. Because so, he easily could have, you know, he could have held them hostage, uh, which happens. Yeah, I do actually want to scan that uh, for a while. Speaking of that, I kind of do want to scan that Monica's castle, uh, Monica's castle poster. Yeah, oh, you should. You should. And get that. I up mean, on, he like, did it. Thing. He he was tr- the whole time, like over the past year, he's been trying to get it uploaded right by working yeah. with so i'll i'll go on so yeah. um he's just had to make sure it didn't escape um so he paid the the price for it um the documents were shipped from san francisco uh but uh, he isn't really sure about the rest of the origin story of these things 
um, from before they got shipped to him. He said, I imagine it might have been someone who made a copy, left, and then did some spring cleaning 25 years later, since these are black and white copies, hence the poor quality. So upon receiving the documents, he wasted no time looking through them. Um, and uh, He said, a lot of the numbers in the first section didn't make too much sense, since I'm not an accountant. Uh, they posted a few pictures of the pages in the listing, so I had an idea of what it was going to contain. It is fun to just keep going back and looking through it all. My favorites were them naively thinking they were going to get out Sonic Extreme, mentions of the Pluto, too bad nothing about its fate, and the sketch of their E3 floor plan, and it showing the Pluto was there. And now that more people have gone through it, talking about unreleased games with their projected launches and how development was going in prices, talking about stuff he, he's been having fun with since he released it. So he held onto the documents for a year and a half before releasing them this week, although that wasn't for lack of trying, like Dave said. Uh, he said, it took a while to find a decent scanner, and then I gave it to Forest of Illusion to release, but that never happened, and then they eventually dissolved. Now, Forest of Illusion was a website that worked for six years to digitally preserve previously unseen video game history until it shuttered in April this year, after its owners decided they no longer had the time and energy to devote to it. Their releases are still available on the Internet Archive. So after Forest Illusion stopped its work, Golden Dreamcast took matters into his own hands uh, to release the documents. Mm -hmm. He said, so I just said, screw it, and threw it onto the Internet Archive, where it was then picked up by Sega Retro and eventually spread from there. Um, and I, I put the quote here because it felt like a nice little end to it, but he actually led off his, uh, as soon as he joined our server, he started off with, hope Christmas in July isn't too cliche, LOL. <laughs> yeah, um, which I don't think it is. This has definitely felt like Christmas in July. I don't uh, even care if it's this cliche. Like Christmas. This <laughs> is like this is like the the all time goat. Like yeah. it's the all time delivery. It's like uh, it's like finding a true. Uh, was it uh, Al Capone's vault? Except there's actually good stuff in there. Yeah, actually, um, let me pause right here. Uh, Pudgy Bunny uh, made a good point. So everybody that's watching right now, if you could do us a huge favor and just click the little like button. That'd be great. Um, and then we can continue. I just want to make sure that I did that because we didn't do it at the you beginning. Can downvote but us. Do you need us to dislike can, I mean, button too I guess if you, you want, can hit I don't the mind. dislike button, but then, you know, <laughs> they is like, we'd be sad. Please. <laughs> okay. Pat, please stop. Please, Pat. So if all, the, all 40 people could hit the like button, that would be great. Um, but yeah, so. Three, that's, that's pretty good. Thank you, guys. Absolutely 34. amazing. Uh, it's wonderful to, to see this kind of stuff happen um, because, again, like, this is just. At, the, at this point in, in our Sega fandom and everything like that, it's just we've all turned into, like, history junkies. And I just love it's crazy, though. This, this getting this like kind of context. Articles. Yeah. I mean, well, it also it just gives us so much more context and, and, a, and a kind yeah. of a look behind the curtain in terms of, like, what they were thinking, you know. And, and again, it has, it has uh, provided a lot of revelations in, in terms of uh, different things. You mentioned, like, the Pluto being there on the show floor, you know, because of what the fact that it had been written into the show design, um, the, the floor plan, but actually reading, but the it never ended up was there. Well, well, so, so, so I don't think it was there. And there's a really good reason for that. In one of these emails, what was it? So in one of these emails, they're talking back and forth and they're talking about, um, regulations, uh, regulations, but they actually spelled it regulations. But anyway, um, UL testing, you know, UL testing in, uh, and of course, FCC compliancy uh, basically states that you cannot plug a prototype into a phone line in the U.S. It's against the law. So they couldn't get around really? that. 
that that's what it says right in this email and um i and i checked with meg and actually she said um she believes that that's so with phone lines it's not as much of a thing now but like plugging devices into uh, plugging like a prototype into uh a public network um it kind of like the same thing applies so yeah what where was the email it was uh mess of the phone lines or something or uh, just like something that could damage other people's stuff it was just talking about dang it where so i have like so many emails here i'm like you, you can't connect something to the phone lines without fcc approval, approval. of that device yeah and so they were so you know they mentioned okay maybe we can find a workaround for this um oh it says right here so oh wait this is the one about I say, couldn't they ever they can just test it the way that we did dave those might not do the box test it the way we did Oh, uh, like, you know, get the... we didn't test it online. We didn't yeah. test the Pluto online. We're talking about the Pluto. Oh, no, I'm saying that we could, we could, they could do what we did and just have an internal network where we just have one phone line connected to they the other could like have. prison system. They could have, but in the drawing of the, uh, let me, let me get onto the, the show floor document so I can show you guys. Um, in the drawing that was uploaded, um, you can see right here, or wait, you could have. Oh, right here, okay? It says right here. Here's the little kiosk right here, uh, the one that says S in the middle, and it has four sides, and then it says need four phone lines. So I don't think that they were thinking... They, they weren't using phone line simulators for this because they were trying to demonstrate the internet capabilities and the the matching, the, oh, like, Netlink... Get, yeah. at, as far... Yeah, at the point... Uh, so... In this uh, strategy guide, in the strategy document, the uh, Sega Saturn F uh, fiscal year 97 strategies, one of the first things they put is position Saturn as the technically superior next generation like system. Yeah, well, it's a lot easier for me to digest quickly by flipping pages and looking at my own. Uh, Do you have the whole doc printed out? Not all the sales numbers because I knew Dan was handling that part, but I printed all the emails and internal memos and stuff like that. Damn, leverage exclusive, leverage exclusive Saturn peripherals, including internet connector and new analog control. So they they wanted to they thought that their saving grace would be this the Pluto and and the fact that they were going to market Saturn as a cheap way to get onto the internet because the internet was just a burgeoning thing, you know, and computers were still very expensive anywhere from two to $5,000, you know, they were going to offer a device for around $500, $400. They wanted to sell Pluto for $500 uh, or 550. What it was. Um, and of course, Sega of Japan was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're not going to build something not that, that's uh, not going happening. to be cost because there's also the there's the freight on board costs or FOB costs, uh, which is like oh. what it's going to be out the door to Sega of America, and then of course they have to mark it up to the retailers. So I mean, yeah. they just and after that point they go from FOB to SOB. And and when when Sega of America was building the Pluto prototype, they just thought it was ridiculous uh, from from a hardware standpoint. So the best they were able to do so the pluto came first and then they took the they took basically the spec of the pluto with the 28.8 kbps mm -hmm. modem and they kind of decided to convert that into a modem you know then that's where the modem cart came from the netlink cart so at e3 they had the ability to get saturn's online uh they just didn't have the pluto because they couldn't 
connect it. So instead, I'll show you what they actually did have here. I have to scroll way down in this article to show you what they did have. What they did have is this cobbled together setup. You basically have a Model 1 Saturn and Saturn pad with the Netlink cart, and then you have a Japanese mouse pad, mouse, and Japanese keyboard because none of that stuff had been built yet for the, on the American side, you know, essentially. So set up at uh, PRG. Yeah, basically. Do we, were we using Japanese keyboards? I thought we had, like, the... the maybe we were. I, I can't remember. But, uh, I mean... We had some keyboard. I'm pretty sure they were black keyboards, so they're probably American ones, but... But I'm, the thing I'm just is, trying to make a joke. It's, it's kind of like what we did, kind of. Folks were getting online uh, with their Saturns. Or they were they were visiting websites and stuff like that. And so they I wonder were if really... anybody was ballsy enough to look at an adult, adult website on it. Oh, God. I don't know. They were looking at, like, fashion websites and stuff like that. But um, anyway, I, I'm a visual person. I love documents like this that draw pictures That's because, you know, I'm an artist. So I really appreciate the, the fact that we got our hands on this floor plan. Um, because before this, all we had was, at least all that all we had that I could find was like a Game Informer article that just showed um, Sega's '96 E3 booth was somewhat yeah. smaller than the year before, and that they were still smack dab in the center. Uh, but it didn't really didn't really give specifics on like where everything was located. And so um, with this new document, I was able to kind of. Um, put everything here on the floor. You can see. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, that was the open uh, this you, aerial. You put all the text where it's like the nights and the dreams, not like modem. Yeah. So, but, or you can kind of see right here. There's like a working designs booth. It was actually like a little office. It was like a little uh, building with a door on the side of it uh, that you could go in. I don't know if it was an office or if they just like hooked up. Oh, yeah, the... I see it on the side of it. They're probably yeah. showing off all those adult games behind the uh, like uh, the label games are translating. Like here's the Tecmo booth. I'll show you. You see right here. Uh, Open image. Let's see here. You can kind of see down here on the bottom right. That's a like an open door right there, and you can like walk in. And uh, some of these, some of these little things, some of these little booths or stations had like offices in them. Like the Sega PC one had an office, and I imagine they were thinking, oh, you know, maybe somebody will come by and do like a license deal or something like that on the on the trade floor. Yeah, I saw that a lot at uh, when I went to E3 and then and twenty eight seventeen eighteen. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of companies that actually had like doors and sections off for private demos and like right. to uh make deals like they sell a bunch of offices there but it's more like uh they have like like reserved offices where it's like okay you go to this office at this amount of time upstairs on the top of the LA convention center yeah so it's actually like an office office that they had on like the top floor outside of the convention hall yeah so which so i remember there's yeah there's a lot of that with the south hall at e3 basically the way the doors are and, and folks who have gone to prge or different conventions will know that like the doors are positioned at different areas you basically come in from the bottom right and that would basically be the first thing you see and according to this drawing they show that sonic extreme was just going to be extreme it was going to be massive at the Triple very extreme so basically if you're entering as a person entering from the bottom right that would be the first thing you see and then you go past that into the main area that's why they have it kind of shaped like a diamond um but knights is over here by itself on the side right and of course that didn't happen um they they started seeing how well knights was selling you know what i mean like uh i mean it happens like uh like i mean like well at prge like when we did it i mean things changed last second uh absolutely. I imagine some games that they probably were gonna have pulled out or was like 
oh it's not ready yet or not ready for the show time so they just like change it so also it, it may have reflected a, a changing strategy where you know as they're getting into may when e3 actually happened they start realizing you know sonic extreme's not going well this right. may get delayed or not be as good as we had hoped so let's diminish it a little bit and then move the sonic team game that's coming out in a couple months over into its spot a little bit exactly which is a perfect that's a point um that's a great point and you can see that so much for them considering it a game for young kids or whatever because it ended up having a very prominent spot right here so as you enter this is what you'd see knights on the left sonic extreme on the right and then a little entryway right through to the middle and then you'd hit things like uh working designs and tecmo on the left i do imagine that tecmo would have been showing off uh, dead or alive uh, which would have been in development and would eventually get released in Japan. Um, a lot of there are a lot of little notes on this document that say we're going to need Japanese hardware. Um, so there, there are oh, you know they actually mention need SOG black SOJ hardware. So you know, so you know what that means? They needed SOJ. They needed Japanese Saturns with a black shell. Um, yeah, that's they, they didn't want because, to advertise it because they, they don't want, want people. Yeah, they don't want people to be like, "What's this?" You know, they don't want any kind of brand like, confusion. Oh, cool colors, we're we gonna get this. Like, so no, I mean, this. for those folks who, for folks who are like uh, collectors or something like that, and you're looking at weird revisions and stuff like that, you might find some sat, you know, Japanese Saturns in black shells because it's written all over this document. Need black SOJ HW. Or black SOJ so hardware. Do you, do you think they actually like ripped out the ripped out, took apart like the Japanese Saturns and put them in like the, yeah, the black casings? Or that I don't maybe know. Even spray paint. I wonder if they actually spray painted it too. That would be possible. But one thing is true. So, yeah. So one thing is true that and and it, and I'm getting it by reading all these documents is that Sega of Japan, Sega of America was completely beholden to SOJ when it came to hardware and boxes. You know, so if like they had a design and they wanted a box, they had to ask daddy for the keys to the car. They had to basically send an email to SOJ and say, we need this box. Can you please publish it for us? So they weren't publishing their own. Um, there's even an email just talking about like um, uh, having Sega of Japan publish the Netlink package boxes, you know, um, and so it wasn't like they were doing that themselves. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's why they decided to do when it came to the games they decided to do the long box long boxes so that they'd have some kind of a autonomy or because they had all that extra stock of you know Sega CD long box cases. Was the the latter? But for whatever reason, when it came to software, Sega of America published their own stuff. They were capable and autonomous in that way, but they were not capable of you know they were not capable of fabricating any hardware or any uh, hardware boxes or packaging. It was basically all Sega of Japan. So it was like, you know, that, that's interesting. It's just an interesting little uh, thing to note. You come in here to the E396 show floor, and of course you see Knights has been moved to the front, and it has this, this cool prominent display with Knights hanging from the ceiling. Um, I believe it's Coroplast or something like that. That's what it looks like. It, but it's, it looks three-dimensional because of the lights that they threw on it, but it was technically like a flat, uh, standee kind of thing, fly e. We'll yeah. call it a fly e instead of a standee. And then it was going through fly these, e. uh, going through these rings that were suspended, which looks amazing. And gosh, I just wish that uh, we could like unearth that. That would be worth thousands. 
I don't know how much it would be worth, but to the most extreme Knights fan, it would be worth like it would be priceless, basically. It, it'd uh, be, it, it would put the it put the uh, K's uh, Knights in the Dreams posted to shame. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. But I mean, you know, these these kiosks too were very bespoke. Let me see if I can. Uh, you had but you were had, they woke is the question. Yeah, they they had where most of the trade floor had these like kind of like curved gray kiosks the knights uh the knights floor had like custom built kiosks with like these yellow moons on the outside and then purple uh displays uh, i mean custom built that's kind of a uh i don't know that's kind of a uh exaggeration it looks like they pretty much just printed out like just like a b big cardboard thing and just shoved it over a crt maybe so much. so actually the that's, That's a I'm good point. It could be. I can't tell from the footage because the footage is so bad, but like if you actually see it in motion, it's it looks pretty legit. So I really don't know. I will say though yeah. that these I'll show I'll show folks uh one of these as an example. So one thing that they like to do uh let me see here. One thing that they really like to do at the show was use this design language that's essentially a large rectangular stage truss and then they put these purple pool noodles on either side <laughs> like to cover up the truss that's all it is is just like these large pool noodle like those, kind those, of things there's a fair the fair rides yeah so they'll put these purple things on there and then they put the sign with like the sega soft or sega saturn on top and then they would print I don't know, from a local printer or something like that, they would print this, like, huge, large banner of whatever game was being featured and then have, like, a huge, like, 32-inch CRT or... I don't know if that's, like, a 50-inch CRT. I'm not sure. Uh, but... Uh, it's 32 to me. 32. Okay, so, yeah, they had a lot of these, like, black CRTs that... Uh, and, and this was just it. This is just, like, kind of what they did for a lot of the titles. You just have, like, the large rectangular truss and then the kind of two different things like one front facing uh display and then one back facing display and um you can kind of see oh robo dave returns great am i a robot it's it's like really faint it's like there's an accent oh great just seconds do what now uh, you just kind of sounded robotic for a couple seconds okay well god i hope not uh well, there, you <laughs> there i go do, yeah. I, do i need to unplug and then plug back in i don't want to ruin it but i don't know dang it it could I mean, it's not it's not like it's not like bad it's like a bit of static bit of static yeah but it's hard to listen to i know um i could try unplugging and plug back in but it could uh i don't kill know stream could kill the stream i mean you can always restart it i mean that's just don't end the thing that's true let me just see if it works Praying to Sagada that the. Uh, Am, yeah. Am yeah. I robotic? Nope, you sound fine. Okay, Thank cool. You. All right, well, it was just a simple plug, unplug, plug. Thanks for Still the fix, Pat. It didn't work. <laughs> Either that or uh, just. Hey, to be fair, it lasted a while. It lasted a while. It was a fix. So something happened in the background of Windows. I would and make I, sure your drivers didn't update on you by mistake. I mean, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, well, it still says generic. USB audio moving right along. I want to, I want to go real quick into what you could see. Um, and then I'll, we'll move on to the next document. Folks can watch this video if they want to kind of like visualize for themselves. I, um, I cut together. So just consider this like a curation of footage that other folks have provided, namely computer chronicles, tronics, 
and CD Consoles, which was like a French outlet. Um, they've all done show floor um, footage. And I believe there was also an attendee with a handy cam, unnamed attendee with a handy cam that went up on uh, archive.org. Uh, but essentially, this is just a master cut of all of the footage put together so folks could see, you know, what was uh, happening on the E3 show floor. And then kind of look... I think that's fair. I, I'm actually glad you had made a super cut of this because I don't think there's was ever like a... Like all Saturn footage from E3 93 right. of Sega. Well, so so here's the funny funny thing that I that so like this you're looking at the Baku Lounge, but you can see with this girl you could see the uh, Netlink thing in the background, and then of course right nearby. Um, and I tried to put everything contiguous so that it's kind of like if you're looking at it, you can kind of see where everything is located. When you're looking at the document mm -hmm. and then looking at this footage, it things really start to make sense. Like you can also see in the background what the regular kiosks look like, the, that kind of like curved gray kiosk. Um, and so when you're watching when you're watching a normal E3 96 video, it's just a mishmash of oh god, is my audio crap again? No, you're good. Oh, okay. Neo Zed says audio foobar. But anyway, um, when you're watching like a standard uh, when you're watching a standard E3 video, it's just a mishmash of everything. Nintendo 64, PlayStation, and and yeah. the people filming it are really bad. The cameras are jerky, so it's like you can't ever focus no on consistency. You know, yeah, it's so a lot of these things don't make sense because you're like, what am, what exactly am I looking at for this like two second period of time? So by doing a master cut like this, you basically get more continuity and you can kind of see like what things are. Um, definitely one of the biggest things that happened right as e396 kicked off was that sony announced that their um system was going to be 199 um and that kind of just was like a gut punch to sega and the next day they brought a bunch uh, of signs skip over this video with mr bones you can just skip, skip that <laughs> skip ahead well it goes away quick but uh so see they, they've got Thank him God. on a huge monitor there pat that's how good it is um i hope they burnt that 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 banner i hope they burnt that uh thing just threw it in the fires but uh yeah so oh virtual fighter kids was there and it's not on the document so that, that's just that just speaks to how kind of flexible things were like some things that were on the document didn't end up being there at least i can't find any footage of it and then some things that were not even on the document um ended up there so there yeah. you go welcome to welcome to the industry where it's like they just changed it the last second like, oh crap this game fell through we gotta replace it with something well so dan made an excellent point he he mentioned the fact that they kind of knew that sonic extreme was not looking like it was going to be ready in time for e3 right and they needed to yeah, kind of from, yeah. they needed to diminish the size of the sonic extreme booth um, because yeah. of the design language of the Virtual Fighter Kids booth, I'm thinking that what happened was that this Virtual Fighter Kids is actually the backside of the Sonic Extreme because it uses like the same checkered things and it uses the the same trussing without the pool noodle things. So it basically looks like it could easily be the backside of the Sonic Extreme uh, tower. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, like yeah. it's, on the, it's the opposite side of it, right? Right. It looks can you see Sega booth behind there, or do you see the rest of the show floor? Because that'll tell you if you're looking out from the well, Sega booth. Okay, so um, also, so we see Three Dirty Dwarves, which is over on the west side, and then it, there's like a, it's not a cut, but it's like a, a crossfade. So this is like another area of the exhibit. 
Um, I couldn't really tell from that very short period of time. I'm basically it, it just... It looks like it's facing outwards towards the, the show floor. Yeah. Because you don't see a bunch of Sega stuff through through the trussing. Right. You just see... Exactly. So you, you, might, just, you just you see, see lights going down Lights there, like and the probably the like the door. Exactly. So so essentially, my... And I said that in the thing is that it's probably... That's probably the backside of the... Because it is... Again, it would just be like a last minute change that they had to make. So they moved Knights to the front, added uh, Virtual Fighter Kids, so that there was more collateral there. Um, you had the you had the awesome looking Knights booth. You had the Sonic Extreme booth, which still did feature a playable Metal Sonic battle. Um, somebody added that uh, they they did that only for one day, and then they kind of took it down or made it just a play uh, like a demo video after that. So I'm not sure. Maybe um, kept crashing on them. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so you had the Netlink booth, which was like this huge ring of Saturn kind of tilted ring with a bunch of like phone lines or data lines coming out of the top. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, cool. Big, look. A cool little campaign that I guess never got any legs beyond this, but it said the revolution begins. It's like talking about Internet access. Um, you had um, taken from the... Uh, Taken from the Twitch TV show, they had a, a representative there on the floor with Mike Ribeiro talking about the, the unit itself and saying that it was going to retail for $450. I think at that point, he's talking about the bundle, like the Saturn, the keyboard, the Netlink modem, that you'd be able to get all that for like 400 to $450. It actually ended up being like 399 so I think that's what he's talking about. And then, of course... Hey, Dave. The, yeah, I'm going to analyze that video again. What was the timestamp for the for the Richard Fighter? I'll look through it cuz I I think I think you, we might have been on the money cuz I'm looking at the I'm looking at the image of the show floor versus uh, this is this is like really intriguing stuff guys. We're like trying to break down. I believe that is the the back of Richard Fighter Kids. Okay. I'm just trying to see where it is in the video. But uh but essentially the show floor plan was drawn up in April April 4th or something like that uh, of 96. And then, of course, um, E3 was on May 5th and 6th of 96. So it was just a month later. They had a month to kind of move things around and everything. And honestly, like Pat and I have set up a, a small convention hall. So I can't even imagine like the amount of detail and stuff these people would have had to go through to make this. It's insane. Um, I, but I'm, we're going to have to cut this off. T- check out this article because we still need to talk about uh, Nick's article, which is massive as well. Um, they had uh, Virtual Cop 2. Didn't know if they would have it there um, in time, but it looks like they did get the orange stunners and the monitors, and so it was there. Dan's favorite game, uh, some some fighting vipers here. Some cool... Um, it oh, yeah. appears to be the arcade version, though, of fighting vipers. The Saturn version, I guess, wasn't ready yet. And then um, Virtual On uh, Arcade. Virtual On Arcade coming soon to Saturn. Um, of course, uh, huge. This is just a huge station. Is the Heart of Darkness one. I guess you could say Heart of Darkness was the anchor feature, but there were several other things on here. You know, Absolute Doom, Contra, uh, Kumite, Night Warriors, X-Men Children of the Atom, Virtual open tennis ultimate mk3 and of course so like basically it was like this huge round circle where there was a this is a third party station obviously so mm-hmm. there's this huge third party station um with a large uh, prominent heart of darkness display and then all these smaller gray 
curved uh, kiosks kind of demoing different third-party games, including things like Contra, Legacy of War, and Ultimate MK3. The largest footprint on the floor was the Sega PC stuff, believe it or not. Arguably the Weird. most you, you boring. You'd think that the PC stuff yeah. would not be as emphasized. I mean, it was it was huge. When you, when you think about the amount of floor space that it took up, you had two outlying islands with VF2 Arcade, uh, and Virtual Fighter PC, then you had VCOP PC, you had uh, Panzer Dragoon PC, Baku Baku, Sonic, Bug, uh, World Series Baseball, Daytona PC. Not to be confused by World Series Baseball. Not to be confused with World Series Baseball, Vector Man, and then a little office here. There's even an area that says kids. I wonder what that means. I don't know, kids games or babysitting your kids or lost and found if you no, no, but uh, there there is an o- a little office space in there too as well. But it's yeah, it's a huge uh, footprint on the on the show f- floor. Sega Soft, of course, uh, Sacred Pools was just a demo, like a rolling demo. It says not playable. Um, weird though, because some people have gone on record saying that they remember playing it at E3. So to be I don't... fair, that was like twenty five years ago. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were wrong. Anyway, it says right here Sacred Pools video only, but by a month later, maybe they got the code revision, and maybe they were able to uh, demo it playable. I mean, we got a we got a dumped build, you know. So anyway, um, do we have two dump builds of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are like two different ones. But essentially, because it was released for a while though, but it was a different name though, right? I think. Yeah, they're uh, like Amazonia. Three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so- I think it's Amazonian at one point in these documents, and uh, the original build that was floating around for years that was like sold on a bootleg disc at a convention years ago and we knew what it was uh wasn't it called like a revolution or something like that renegade i think renegade yeah uh yes uh you're right dan but i can't remember what it is somebody else might chime in to the comments and confirm that i'll look up sacred poo on uh, our sacred poo anyway essentially it was this you know it was was the sega soft station so you had three dirty dwarves and sacred pools and then there was like a vip party later that evening uh that folks rebellion rebellion okay it was an r word uh you had the baku baku lounge in the distance um and of course you could uh see the netlink booth from kind of off in the distance behind the Baku Baku Lounge. You had World Series Baseball 2 and Worldwide Soccer 2. At the time, they were calling it Worldwide Soccer 2 instead of 97, what it would become. Um, let's see, Daytona USA 8-player arcade uh, with, like, these little video monitors on top. That was kind of cool. Um, Bug 2 and Mr. Bones. Pat would play the Mr. Bones. I would play the Bug 2. I would, uh, <laughs> I would see if they could set it on fire first. They also said so. Oh, they write wow all over this document. They write like guardian wow. I think that wow means we need some kind of like huge graphic or huge sign to attract people. But yeah, the, please, and it's pointing towards the back because it looks like it's like a yeah on the back of it like like it needs to be a giant like you will see it written you will see it written all over everywhere on this document. Wow. And unless they're talking about World of Warcraft, I'm pretty sure they're just saying, like, we need to uh, some kind of wow graphic to kind of, like, pull people in from far away. Um, then, of course, there was a VF3 arcade. Uh, it said four playables, but there was no play. But all I could see was just, like, a rolling demo of Virtua Fighter 3 arcade. And right next to that, they had Virtua Fighter 2. Um, and there's not a lot of footage of Virtua Fighter 2 
because a it was like a year and a half old and they set it right next to virtual fighter 3 so everybody is of course interested in virtual fighter 3 yeah you, um, you know what it is though it could, it could have been like a, a play like you know how these people put it's like oh yeah it's gonna be ready to go and it's like oh we actually don't have it ready to go okay just have them as video sort of things exactly that yeah that's true um so there was a, like a rolling demo reel of Dural, um which i believe they ended up using those shots uh for like the cover of sega saturn magazine um you had virtual fighter kids which we talked about and then of course last but not least genesis and nomad and game gear there's quite a few games here world series baseball 96 experts bakubaku i thought uh, they were still advertising around that time though yeah i mean they, they, there's a doc you're right there's like an email that literally talks about like um why should we waste money? we don't have a lot of money <laughs> let's not spend it on advertising for nomad or advertising for you know game gear and stuff like that and tom kalinsky is of course really upset about it um but they're just like i'm sorry like you know you can't squeeze blood from a turnip basically but here exactly. you can see i mean i'm surprised they're still trying to like sell it's like because it came out what oh no it came out in 95 but it's like guess what the thing is that it's basically just a peripheral to play it why would they advertise it right and we we, we the e3 is 96 right this, is E3 this E3 ninety. This was E three ninety six. Yeah. So. Yeah, so why the hell will they push it since it's a Genesis thing? That's so stupid. When they say Sonic on here, uh, Genesis, I'm not sure if they're talking Sonic three or if they're talking Sonic three D Blast. I really don't know. Um, but of course, there's Vector Man two, so that kind of gives you an idea what was coming out. I mean, it could have been. It could have been. Oh, wait, was that in the Genesis section? They that had, was in the Gen. That was in the Genesis section. Well, see, these are all mixed. So you have like a kiosk right here with G, 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 N. So that's like Ga Genesis, Game Gear, Nomad, and then Genesis, Nomad, Genesis. So they've got systems like literally mixed in with each other at this station. I mean, which I'm sure it's Sonic 3D Blast or the probably. Genesis. There's yeah. a couple. Of on that little sonic box too so they probably had whatever the latest game gear sonic was there sonic mm -hmm. blast yeah. yeah yeah i mean it didn't surprise me that they would still advertise that Sat sega was like i was even telling saying that uh, they pretty much advertised the set the genesis and the saturn kiosk at the same time so it's not surprising that they uh unfortunately tried to sell both and tried to like oh we have both of these still and it's like I'll show How about you. Focus on the Saturn. I'll show you one thing that's kind of interesting. If you look at this image right here, you see the Baku Baku thing on the left. There's that little bunny, and then on the right, there's yeah. Sacred Pools. The one that's in the middle with the yellow sign, I can't find mm. any other anything for that. But I actually think if you look really close, and I can't zoom this right now. If you look really close, I think that that is the Wipeout ship. Um, the kind of you know the graphic of the Wipeout ship because Wipeout was supposed to be right there. Um, How far down the document is it? Well, here I just showed you right here. So these are all the oh, no, things. I just want to zoom in on it on my thing. Uh, it's down. It's on the, the it's on the southeast, oh, so, southwest, southwest it. side. So basically, these are all the things that I couldn't find any footage of: Destruction Derby, Wipeout on Saturn, Gun Griffin, Golden Axe, Legend of Oasis, Panzer Dragoon Two. Panzer Dragoon Two, uh, you mentioned, Dan sold really well and was uh, one of the biggest, you know, the hypest games. And I can't find any footage of it at E3. That's '96. That's crazy. Uh, they had a Sega Rally booth, uh, like a dedicated Sega Rally, questioning whether to add that in uh, to one of the 
uh, arcade areas, but this says Saturn, SSSS, so that's Sega Rally Saturn, then more Sega Rally, none of which I can find in this. Again, that's a, game... a Panzer Dragoon thing. That's a dragon for the middle booth. It could be. It could also be a dragon, that, but the, the graphic is just, the, the footage is so bad that I just can't make it out. Um, yeah. And I couldn't find Shame. it in any other. There was a Manx, uh, you know, four players, I guess, or two side-by-sides, uh, Manx TT Arcade. Uh, you had uh, more uh, third-party sports titles that I couldn't get any footage of. And, of course, Konami Football. Didn't you say something about that, Dan? Konami Football? Uh, no. Or his, okay, maybe maybe somebody else was mentioning that. Slam and Jam, NHL Power Play, uh, a big video reel station with stuff on loop, and then a, a kid's area, and a basketball court. So that was E396. Uh, in a nutshell, check out the video, check out the document. It's really interesting. Last but not least... Uh, canceled games. We have an article from Nick Panda. Uh, about all of the canceled games when a plan does not come together. Uh, is Nick here by any chance, or is he, like, able to... I'm not no, sure. In the no, chat. He's, he's not in the chat. Okay, so we'll just kind of, like... Do you want to speak on his behalf, Dan? Did you read the article already? I read parts of it, but not the whole I read, thing. I went through it. I could talk you about it a little it? bit. All right, go ahead, Pat. Take this one. So, yeah, so this was an interesting article. So uh, going through the, the, the document that leaked, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of self-awareness for the unforgiving sales and inventory numbers of the games they're selling, as shown before we talked about where they sold zero copies of Mysteria, apparently. Don't know what's up with that. In two th so I can imagine once that, that talk came out, stuff started to be, where it's like, ooh, I don't want to... Maybe we should uh, cancel some of these games, just not release it, because it seemed like they were putting out quite a bit, but once it started, the writing was on the wall, they could have calmed down a bit. Mm-hmm. So going through it, uh, the document, it said there's at least 78 canceled games in this document. So that's list, this is not complete of all the canceled games for the Saturn, 78 in the document alone. Mm -hmm. So honestly, that's still a lot, in, even thinking about it, like in terms of the whole consoles, that's 78 canceled games, with 10 of them being PC ports, 20 home console ports uh, that, that we're going to something else. Uh, and Europe got six of them, only 11 came out in Japan. And 31 didn't even come out at all, so a lot of that's not crazy. a lot of games that weren't that weren't even released. And that's just so, what we know a, so far. That's just what we, he's tallied so far. We're all always finding out about new cancel games. So uh, he does exactly. note at the beginning that this is subject to change, uh, but this is as complete as he could get it. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of information in the stock, and he had very little time to put it together. So uh, it's getting continuously updated. So he will. Update as it's as it's season. We'll definitely come back to it if it uh, if if there's stuff that's like mind blowing, and we'll talk about it later on as well. So yeah, so far, oh, go, go a ahead. Lot of, so yeah, we'll cover the so the ten. There's about ten canceled PC ports. Eleventh uh, Hour by Virgin Virgin Interactive, mm -hmm. which is a sequel to the Seventh Guest. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, a 3DO port was uh, going to be there, but going to be released, but it never materialized. Uh, next one is Dark Sun by Data East. This is a, a, a world, a Dungeon Dragons based RPG. Um, just that was looking towards getting the Saturn port, but never ended up getting uh, and staying on PC. Manic Carts uh, is uh, refer, I guess it, re, ref, they, they spelled it wrong. They spelled it's Carts C A R T S. 
mm-hmm. when it's really carts, but that's probably what they're re- referencing uh, by Virgin Interactive, which uh, was so bad it got a one out of five in Next Generation Magazine. So, um, yeah, I can see why they didn't put that on Saturn. Probably didn't want uh, absolute crap on there. Uh, Offensive uh, was a World War II RTS game released in 96. Uh, never got ported. It was released on PC, never got ported to Saturn. Not much to say about that. Uh, Star Control 3 by Accolade, Accolade mm-hmm. which is the third in a trilogy of uh, action-adventure games and cult classic for game enjoyers. Um, and basically, uh, the design is supposed to be the soundtrack to MIDI, which made it easier to port to home consoles. But uh, sadly, never came to light. Uh, but fun fact, uh, Robert Leyland programmed the first Star Control game, uh, even though it's the third one made. But, you know, Leyland also w- released Gen War, which we covered that sold, uh, yeah. was it 2,000 copies? That's right. And then Congo. So RIP. Which only got released in the U.S. Oh, man. RIP, uh, Robert Leyland. Um, next one was Storm, or S-T-O-R-M, which stands for Super Tactical... Oh my god, really <laughs> mad. Unreal. I think. Uh, so, so some kind of that, underwater adventure. Yeah, it's underwater adventure game, not a great. Uh, Terra Nova, I could have sworn I talked about this before some other time, by Virgin Interactive. Uh, it was Pages of Tactical RPS made by Looking Glass, the guys that did, uh, I think they did Fallout, right? Looking Glass did Fallout, or was that, no, they did Thief, I think. Okay. Uh, whoever's in the chat, let me know if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure I am, but I thought Looking Glass, either, it's either Thief or they did uh, Fallout. I can't remember. It was labeled as a potential third-party title, but, you know, there's not much known how much work was put into it, or if it's just like a, oh, that'd be great to put on there, and like it was in talks and just never panned out. Right. Uh, this one is the bi- is a big one. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Arena by Bethesda. Right. Um, yeah, this Bethesda, hurts. you can expect that. Uh, so this, uh, so this is this a game like this was known for a little bit. Like a Elder Scrolls game was talked about being going to the Saturn, but everyone sort of thought it was going to be Daggerfall. And uh, I guess now with the document it confirmed that the game that they were looking at uh, was uh, referencing Arena, mm. uh, which would make sense for a Saturn port as it'd be a, probably a better uh, an easier thing to port than the older game. Uh, yeah, right. Would easier to port Daggerfall, but obviously it never got ported to Saturn. So. Uh, Unfortunately, Todd Howard. Well, well, fortunately for us, Todd Howard is not escaping with our money. So, yet until he ports uh, Skyrim to the Saturn. So hopefully that never happens. <laughs> but uh, anyways, next one: Two Instruct by Virgin Interactive, a graphics arcade game from uh, Virgin. Uh, stayed for October '96. Never happened. Not surprising. And the final one, Zone Raiders, which is kind of like Room Raiders, except uh, a little bit earlier than that. I'm just joking. But uh, another Virgin game. Uh, I think uh, Nick pointed out that they're starting to see a pattern where Virgin just, you know, just like, nah, we're, we're good. Yeah. We don't need to release games for you. Right. Like, how many games? We didn't get a whole lot from Virgin. Now that I think they, we had Cool Spot, right? That was Virgin. Uh, or I Spot guess Goes really to you Hollywood. I say that, uh, that with the Saturn, that. There wasn't that was really Virgin releases because Virgin <laughs> was a virgin for not releasing. There's a joke there. I'm sorry. There was, there, bad. There was a joke, an attempted the, joke. They can't all be winners, guys. Sorry. Multiplat. You had. Multiplat. Uh, we could have had the Jaguar, the Jaguar uh, Alien versus Predator, but it probably would have looked primitive compared to Alien Trilogy, which we did get. 
on Fox Interactive, so probably pretty bad. That's probably why they didn't do it. Yeah, because I mean, talk about was... the uh, the multiplat ones. Well, we could both. I mean, big big no, bass. Just you. I was okay. joking. Okay, <laughs> big bass world championship. Hot B. Uh, this is. I like uh, that guy's face. Ain't no Sega Bass fishing. Yeah, exactly. Um. And they Hank actually pronounce it Big Bass World in this one. Is he the Craig Stadler of fishing? I like that. <laughs> Hank Parker um, had uh, two games. Hank Parker. Yeah. In alternate reality, we're, we'd be talking about, we'd be making Hank Parker memes. Hey, yeah, maybe they are in the PlayStation discords, you know, they're making Hank, Hank Parker jokes. But uh, yeah, for us, it's Craig Stadler all day, every day. Um, Deadly Skies. It's, it's always Stadler Day. Deadly Skies was... Uh, uh, set for release in 96 according to the document uh, let's see it didn't come out at all and Mesa planned ports and regions but they only made it for PlayStation as a Japanese exclusive you know they call me Deadly Skies they actually called me that it was my name Deadly Skies it's because okay. every time I went to the bathroom and I had Taco Bell it was Deadly no. Skies no no <laughs> okay um, a diarrhea joke from Pat no on Shiro mm -hmm. Show no <laughs> okay so let's see here. Death Trap Dungeon. Uh, Domark was... From that. Yeah, we just... Well, it just literally, it just dropped. <laughs> we were like, I'm out. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. Domark was said still be in uh, process of merging with Eidos uh, when this game got announced. Perhaps known for starring a woman who wears a modest amount of armor on her... A very modest amount of armor on her heroic adventures. This is one of those games what's that had mixed 90s? reviews. Uh, let's see here. It's only released in PlayStation. So, yeah. Simply calling it a potential third-party title. Okay. Uh, Descent, of course. That was uh, listed on the... Yeah, that would, that, that would have been cool if we had Descent. I can but imagine. Didn't descent, it didn't descend onto the to Saturn. Console. Yeah, or Descent 2, nope. for that matter. If you can't get There's number no one, you're not going to get number two. Fade to Black. Um, Best Metallica song. Yeah. No. You think? No, I'm not a big fan of Fade to Black. <laughs> it's just a good joke. Okay, so... Uh, I, I kind of I prefer Rather Lightning. Oh, okay. I like Battery. Well, um, I, uh, just I on the Master album, Rather Lightning. Uh, okay, let's see. With limited uh, exclusivity on PlayStation, let's see, as long as the... This long box lizard friend was set for Saturn release in 90, December 96. Not going to lie, this chunky third-person shooter looks kind of sick. Interestingly, this got an aftermarket port to the Sega Dreamcast in 2018. Really? Um, That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I kind of want to click the link. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, it's Flashback 2. That's what it's called. Okay. Fade to Black. That's it's a sequel to Flashback. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, with the lizard dude with the gun. That does make sense. Okay, so you had... Uh, what is this? Firo and Claude? Looks like one of those, uh, was it the, the mascot games? Yeah. It's an isometric kinda... shooter. Is that what it is? It's an isometric, yeah. isometric shooter. Yeah, I wish there was a link. I want to ch check this out. It's a PAL, it was released in PAL territories. BMG Interactive. Okay. Um, fox Hunt. Dude looks I mean, like a James Bond wannabe. He found, he found the fox right there, right on him. It only looks like a movie. This is a classically cheese FMV game. 
from Capcom, all of all Capcom. the publishers. Yeah, Capcom of all publishers. Uh, wonder who developed it. The developer on here, Three Vision Games. Okay. Um, little out of their wheelhouse, and uh, I mean, you know, FMV games by 96 weren't looking so good. Uh, let's see, Grand Theft Auto. Now, there's a game that kind of would have been rad to get. I mean, it's not like the Saturn couldn't have run it, right? Because it was like 2D, top-down. It is kind of funny though that they that 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 not only Grand Theft Auto One but Grand Theft Auto Vice City, or sorry Grand Theft Auto Three for the Dreamcast was also canceled. Oh yeah, uh -huh. for that other Sega console. So I think it's kind of funny. Grand Theft Auto just wasn't meant for Sega. Funny Sega as in ironic, really. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, ironic, Heart of yeah. Darkness, of course, uh, was definitely supposed to come out. I mean, it was a it was a cover feature on Sega official Sega magazine or Sega Saturn magazine. I mean, it was like a hugely I mean, a hyped and anticipated too. game. They made a demo of it. I mean, for this gave to not come, give it a lot of play at E3, a lot of play. I mean, it was on people's Christmas lists. I guarantee like this was a game that a lot of people were definitely looking forward to. And mm -hmm. considering the amount, considering they basically finished the game, like you can play it on the Saturn, you know, now like you can play the dump, you know, um, like it well, just, you can't technically, Okay, um, because but, you, you, that's actually the one that requires the was it eight megabyte right right okay so now you can, you're right you're right you can't you can't play it on the Saturn without like that Waska cart thing okay but you can play it on an emulator and you can emulate the the uh, what is it sixteen megabit of uh, can you actually play it on, with a Waska now? Well, I, I thought that's what he did right. That's what that's what the whole Waska thing was was cool about it was that he got uh, or that they got. Uh, Heart of Darkness working of Darkness. on the Wasp. Oh, maybe card. that was okay. My bad. Yeah, yeah, because they were again like they were able to use extended hardware on that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, okay, so you're right. Uh, you got me there. You can't play it on a Saturn, but you can play it on a Saturn emulator. Um, Lethal Enforcers. For it's just crazy, like that. That it was that. I guess that's probably why it wasn't released because from a hardware standpoint, they just couldn't make it happen in the limited. Uh, with the limited yeah. RAM, and they weren't about to release a RAM cart in in the U.S. just for this one game because they hadn't released it's it. Like, for... Hey, dying console, release a peripheral for it that's over expensive if, to God, and if, like, uh, yeah, it's selling like three copies of it. Wow, sounds like great marketing to me. If they weren't going to release the RAM cart for Capcom Fighters, then you know they sure as hell weren't going to release it for this game. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Lethal Enforcers, Konami. Um, that's a cool one. There was Crime Patrol, kinda which was kind of like a Lethal Enforcers kind of game that also didn't get released. I wonder if he mentions that. Um, the uh, Ninja Shadow of Darkness was a neat one. Um, I kind of feel like I have to rush through these, uh, so I don't know if we have enough time to talk about all the little details. But, I mean, this is an excellent document, or an excellent article. Folks should definitely check it out. Rayman 2. So we can always cover like the, the big ones that uh, real quick. Because yeah. there's a lot of big ones on here. Well, I mean, Rayman 2... About, like... Rayman 2 became a 3D game. So then that kind of... Yeah. And I mean, it was great on uh, Nintendo 64. I mean, that game saw so many different platforms. but So it did make it onto the Dreamcast and the Nintendo 64. But by that time, it was just, you know... Was there ever a, was there ever a, a build of that that was released with Rayman 2 in 2D? Yeah, like I... I, 
isn't that the story is that they were they started developing it as a 2d game and then they ended up deciding to make it a 3d game yeah so i wonder if there's actually yeah, a 2d version it was a, it says right here in, in 1996 rayman 2 was originally going to be a 2d platformer this was set for release at at least on the PlayStation and Saturn, with mm-hmm. Sega expecting it on their shelves by September 96. Per the document, UB um, ultimately decided to axe this for all platforms and create a 3D Rayman gaming instead. Um, this is There is a wealth of information about it online, so you can click that link. Um, you can also watch a short clip about its development. Here, it's in French. Um, Shokendo, I saw this on the... Written on the the back of the manual for bases loaded 96 double header a jalico fighting game called shukendo is advertised it shows four screenshots of creamy 3d graphics saying ultimate fighting game is coming soon and it never came soon it didn't come late or soon they did that a lot that probably would have sucked (laughs) they did that with bug they are they did that with croc too as well like coming soon no no it's not never coming ever olympic summer games summer olympics by u.s gold we cover this or peter yeah, covered yeah this peter covered this that's ago. right he did like an article about it something happened in atlanta in 1996 uh um, yeah i i tell you what happened uh it was the bomb funny that he says that because in in 97 the e3 went to atlanta for one year where they realized that that wasn't a good idea um it's like pretty much all the it's game Atlanta, companies. Georgia. Why would you go there? Oh wait, not Atlanta. Oh, you're right. I, I was you thinking Anaheim. Of... No, yeah, it's Atlanta. So yeah, like for one year they were just like trying something different, you know, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then it turned out like they were like, well, all of our game publishers and developers are on the West Coast here, you know. So uh, I don't know. And they went back to LA and just kind of Syndicate Wars. Uh, do you? Want to say anything about these, Pat? Do you, or do you just want me to run through nope. the list? I, I've never played any of these ones. Indicate Wars, Voyeur, Voyeur, Don't Get Caught, Phillips. Uh, we almost got a CDI game on the Saturn, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Codename Tenka. You know what? That's probably a blessing disguise. Thank you, Phillips, for not releasing that garbage. Yeah. Third party, party game with no release window. What was Tenka? What was Tenka? Was that the game that is kind of like robotica can't remember i have no idea i've never played that one yeah i don't play garbage games okay uh but it was a Actually, game. Garbage it was Cygnosis, so i mean it might not be garbage um i'm getting a bunch of i'm getting a bunch of anime waifus when i look up uh tanka so i okay. think i might look be looking up the wrong thing wing commander the price of freedom wing commander four and and on this, I have to officially dispute Pandemonium's uh, assertion here that uh, Wing Commander 4 is jank. He says, the space adventure in all its jank. It is not jank. It was, in fact, a watershed moment in electronic gaming history for those of us who lived through it uh, when it released on PC. I absolutely on love Wing, Wing Commander. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it would be, and actually, um, it wasn't in this document, but like in earlier... Uh, like 1995 things. Um, Wing Commander 3 was supposed to come out on the Saturn. Was that Heart of the Tiger? Five. What? Heart of, was it Heart of the Tiger? Yeah, Wing Commander yeah. 3 Heart of the Tiger was supposed to come out on Saturn. It did come out on PlayStation. And 3DO. And Wing Commander 4 came out on PlayStation, and we didn't get that on Saturn either. And it was like watching it's a movie. It was like playing a, a movie. We just lost, 
Yeah, just yeah. that we lost two opportunities that Mark Hamill on the Saturn. I know, right? Yeah. There he is. And, and Malcolm McDowell being a genocidal madman. Yeah. Wing Commander is great. I mean, isn't he already that? So, I mean, not much of a difference there. But, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. Definitely. Excellent games. And, I mean, probably, like, the pinnacle of, like, the FMV genre, you know? Uh, Because they did it right. They they did it right. Yeah. Uh, Japan-only Saturn games. You had Aerobiz 96. Malenko. Not cool. I have an idea. Did Wing Commander is jank. He, oh, he gave us two dollars just so he could say that it is jank. Thank you, Malenko. Thank for you, Malenko. The truth in the chat. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> air management. Uh, Anybody want an air management game? Well, uh, I think I think four years later they used air management quite a lot. Assault rigs. No comment. SoftBank and uh, SoftBank published Cygnosis game Assault Rigs. Sorry, five years in the future. Um, Devil Summoner. Now, there's five. one that I actually would have liked to get. Yeah, that, the big, big sadness we didn't get the anime game, but we're, we're, the translation's in the work, so hopefully we'll get that uh, sorted and fixed. High Velocity 2, uh, known as Toge, uh, Toge King The Spirits 2. Um, I've got that on my shelf, but yeah, it's a Japanese game. Um, of course, Lunar and uh, both versions of Lunar stayed in Japan. Um, in addition RIP, to, I mean, I mean, if Lunar we're not two. getting the, if we're not getting the regular release, we're not, we're certainly not getting the uh, MPEG card release. Exactly. If is this in alphabetical? Because also Lunar Two was never released here. If we really want to talk about, maybe, oh, it's just, you're just talking about in the document. In the document. It, it, okay, yeah. Again, we're just talking about games that are listed in the document. Mickey Mouse. Okay, uh, Mystery of Seven Mansions, Koei. Oh, that's no, an interesting see, he, one. Or with the Mickey Mouse thing, like the document does reference Mickey Mouse, but like, and and says it's coming from SOJ, but like we don't really know what that is referencing. Like, sure, technically this port of the Genesis Mickey Mouse game and, and a Donald Duck game mm-hmm. came out on the Saturn in Japan only, but this may not necessarily have been that. That there may have been um, an actual Saturn Mickey Mouse game being made in Japan that just never well, got then- talked about got quietly canceled who knows that's another I mean, that lead we're sense. gonna have to follow because we just yeah. don't know we yeah it could have been like uh, like a enhanced port of like mickey mania or something like that for all we know uh, we just don't know yeah i mean it makes sense though because wasn't the saturn showing off in the at epcot at one point so maybe they're trying to tie, do a tie-in thing with that and they had a license thing maybe so uh, i could have sworn i remember reading online that there's saturn kiosks at epcot or whatever I could be wrong. I usually am. So, would you believe that I'd never heard of this game before? Mystery of Seven Mansions, OA game. That actually looks pretty good. Um, I have. I don't know anything about it, but I've heard of it. Is it? Is it? Is it one of those like grid strategy kind of games? Because if it is, then that's probably why I pass it over. But this it, 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 it's an adventure it, game. Kind of looks like a well, yeah CG yeah, like, render adventure game from Koei. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, because that might be up my alley. Um, I can't believe there's still Saturn games that I'm finding out about the first time. I mean, yep. I'm guessing that Wonderful when I'm, I'm guessing that it wasn't called this on on whatever list I was looking at. It was probably some uh, Romaji name or something like that that, that I didn't it's understand. Probably like, it's probably like the anime game thing. Uh, Rig Lord Saga Two, That's otherwise known the Seven as... Mansions. Okay. I Mystaria Realms of Lore 2. It was reset for release in November 1996. Oh, no, I'm not even finding it. Excellent game. Folks need to play this game. 
I think that um, I think that a lot of folks will enjoy this oh, game. Oh, I know why. What? It's it's, it's called uh, Natsu no Hikan. Natsu no Hikan. for Seven Mysterious Mansions. Shirley oh, okay. Smile. Okay. Huh. I'm gonna have to check that out after the cast. So uh, Rig Lord Saga Two. We talked about it last week. Check it out. Try it. I think folks will love it. It didn't come here, and that's a shame. Um, this is one of Sega Lord X's favorite games, and and one that he hopes will get a translation at some point. I agree. It's excellent. One day. One day. Um, Terra Fantastica. It's coming. He's our our buddy who doesn't our buddy who doesn't like Wing Commander <laughs> is working on it, and uh, it's coming. Just. Uh, Keep Take that train time. rolling. Um, oh, speaking but, of which, uh, I forgot to mention that the, the we updated the bar, super bar, they updated the super bomberman uh, fight uh, beta patch and has mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm. more ga- storyline added to that. So if you guys want to try the the French translation uh, beta patch, it's on our Patreon now, three dollars and up, you can play it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I forgot. Wizard. Uh, we'll mention that again when we do our outro, um, yeah. and, which is coming soon because I got to get going. Uh, Wizardry 6 and 7 from Data East. Um, that's a cool one. I'm kind of interested into the Wizardry series. Uh, Zork 2. Um, now, I think the first Zork came as well, but it wasn't on this list. But they So they did get Zork and then Zork 2 um, over there. And there was a box art. I remember there was like a... There was like a u.s long box art done and then it ended up as like a one of those vid pro cards and then the game never materialized rip rip and then european releases wow he's really thorough with this destruction european, derby oh my god that, there's one that i'm sad about like i actually really love destruction derby destruction that was a derby. fun game destruction derby and then uh you had uh, terry pratchett's disc world of course the disc world games crazy ivan Riven, they called Wait, it Mist did, 2. When did Terry Pratchett die? What now? Heck, when, when, the hell, when the hell did Terry Pratchett die? Um, oh, he died 15? Oh, damn, all right. R.I.P. Terry Pratchett. Rip. Yeah, Terry, Terry Pratchett. I don't know. I don't... I didn't... No, I wasn't dead. aware. He's oh, dead okay. dead. Well, then, R.I.P. Crazy Ivan. Um... Riven, sequel to Mist. Okay, you had uh, Swagman. Swagman. Also a good game, one of Peter's favorite. Um, it's not for everybody, but it's cool. Folks should check it out. And then Z, mm-hmm. which is less of a it's good okay. game. It's, you like it? Yeah. You're into Z? Zed? I'm sorry. I called uh, it I'm, Z. I'm a it's Zed. You're a Zed man? Okay. Uh, and then, oh, God, we saw oh, the games that ones. never came out at all. <laughs> 31. Just table list for next week. Star Wars. Uh, to be well, continued. Well, he did say there were 78, so uh, we're going to run through these. Yeah, we could probably talk about it again next week. And I, you know, but yeah, you had, um, you had, of course, like Star Wars, which was called Alien Hive, uh, Amazonia, Sacred Pools, of Demo course. Lead for that, yeah. Criticom 2, no artwork exists. Eternal Champions. Um, no sad, big sad. Free Runner. This is an interesting one. Uh, if we had is that gotten like load it, but runner? yeah, it's some kind of no. I don't know what if it's like Load Runner, but essentially it's like this flat shaded poly- polygonal 3D game. Uh, Into the Shadows, of course, never touched the Saturn. It was like a PC. Uh, that's what that's what Christian said. Uh, that was basically just being developed for PC, and I don't know if the Saturn could have done it, to be honest. But maybe I don't know. Um, Scavenger was known Jack for Nicholson Golf. Yeah. Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> did you say Power Jack Challenge Nelson Golf? Golf. 
Jumper, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, RIP. Yeah, so we got we got Lost World though. Great game. We can asterisk on this one because Lost World was released in October '97, but we don't know. Okay, so um, M. Thompson's Supercross, uh, major damage. Let's see here. MVP Baseball 96 from Tops. Wait, MV Okay, Data East. Let's see here. NFL Jam, Olympic Basketball by US Gold. So, yeah, so Roach Racing was supposed to have compatibility with online. It was mentioned in one of those emails. Um, never was released. And all we have is this one little screen of it. So, don't even know what it looks like. Uh, Sonic Extreme, of course. Uh, another STI game. Mentioned a lot. Second Technical yeah. Institute. Um, Speed Freak, Supercross, all these don't have artwork or anything like that. Uh, Squid, Supercross, Squid, yeah. Uh, Mutant Chronicles, The Tick. We'll, we'll go over this again. Yeah, we'll have we'll this article go. next week again in more detail when we'll we have time. Yeah, Saturn Shenmue, uh, a lot of, lot of great stuff. Check out the article. There's a huge list right here. So, uh, so yeah. Excellent, and there's more information to come from this. Uh, as um, I'm, I'm working on a Netlink article, I just couldn't get it up in time, but I have a lot of notes, and mostly been That's working fair. on it offline. Did you have anything Already. else you want to say to wrap up, Dan or uh, no. or Pat? Well, I wish I could play all the anime games. Um, I mean, I guess uh, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of extra thoughts, but um, you know, it's been really fun, kind of pouring these documents that are new to us and you know uh, trying to i think we've been getting a lot of mileage out of them with finding out all kinds of interesting things we didn't or we didn't quite have as much um insight into uh it's, it's super cool I, this is by far the biggest story of the year for us um and i don't know how there would be one that would top it really um this has been super cool and and yeah like you say you've got netlink story coming next week a netlink story coming next week so Maybe I'll do another one looking at the uh, disparity between what they shipped and what they sold or something. And, you know, we'll have more coverage of this coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. And I mean, when they mentioned but, things like Virtua Fighter 2 Remix, we had some, we had a, a few more takes on like, you know, Remix games like Daytona Remix. Um, I thought would probably be something like CCE, right. Blue Moon, you know. Blue Moon makes a good point. Pandemonium is going to have a live stream going over these documents starting in about 15 minutes, actually, over on his YouTube oh, channel. Oh, awesome. Well, then folks should just, like, jump right on over to that after this. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. We'll All just right, go cool. over now. I don't care either way. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, so we, outro stuff. we should definitely thank our patrons. Uh, so yeah. I need to do that. More like, oh, one hour. Okay, never mind. You got some time. Stay here, stay here. Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Stay. <laughs> no. Get back to the channel. We'll, and then, yeah, now, okay. Let's see here. Where are Patreon? One hour and 15. Sorry. I, I missed my time zones. I mixed them up. All right. Dan, is getting, said, Dan you, we are retracting the green screen from your thing. Uh, sucks to suck. All right. Sucks to suck, brother. Where can I find the patrons? Dang it. You go to meatspin.com. No. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm tr I had it. I just had it and now it's gone. <laughs> it was like your patrons. You have to go yeah, don't create yeah. They they changed it up. I found it. Here I'll, you I'll found shut it. Them okay. Out. I see to order them. It's taking we yeah, have so you many gotta, patrons. 
get the yep. order the list. You have to order. Oh, there it is. Finally, I found it, but it's too late. <laughs> All right, so I want to shout out uh, Murder of Crows, Emerald ninety five. Uh, sorry, Murder of Crows, Emerald Nova, Nate Lawrence, Ioannis Fetz, uh, David Fredrickson, Blue Moon ninety five, Cerulean, David Zaney, Derek Prescarella, Fat Drunk for Nataku, Jim Clasher Rank, uh, Justin, Normal Guy, Nutrageous, Rowan Dished. Sega Steve, Stillman, Tanuki Trev, Theron Brown, Chris1997, XX, Momphis, Robert Ramsey, uh, I don't want to get, I hate this list, I ordered it wrong. Uh, yeah, sorry, Murkrow, Zimanova, Bull Moon, Chris, uh, David Zaney, Fratrick Frindotaku, Momphis, Normal Guy, Nutrageous, Robert Ramsey, Rowan Dished, Sega Steve, Stillman, Tanuki Trev, Theron Brown, and Young Money Sowee. If you guys want to get chatted on the show, you get back at the ten dollar and up level. Uh, twenty, uh, uh, three dollars and up. Actually, we uh, shout out. We just released a fan trans, a fan transition beta, a new one for uh, Saturn Bomberman fight, an updated one with a uh, new storyline stuff. So now you guys could uh, get more of the story in. That's a new beta one. Instructions are on in the thing. If you're a three dollar and up patron, you could download it right now and install it and play some Saturn Bomberman or as I like to call Tetchkin. Ted Kaczynski Simulator, uh, RIP by the way, Ted died when I was off the show, so uh, want to give a big RIP to Ted Kaczynski, we can get F's in the chat for Mr. Ted, that'd be great. But uh, anyways, uh, if you want to support, if you can also have a ton of other ways to support us, uh, on the Patreon, well, well actually on the Patreon you get a lot of all this cool stuff like the early magazines, the Netlink stuff when we get that finished up. It's pretty much done at this point so you get that stuff sorted. Um, and if you're a dollar and up, you get shout out on the magazines. That's kind of cool. Uh, I can yeah. show my Sonic show to Pat. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a euphemism, so I'm going to pretend <laughs> I don't see that. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah. If you don't want to back us, if you want to back us like, uh, for a one-time thing, you can also back us... Uh, buying a magazine or a cool shirt we get cool shirts and magazines to get that uh and of course like subscribe comments on our videos let us know that we're good or thumbs down us whatever works uh did i forget anything dave or did i cover all my bases you got everything i was i'm uh i'm impressed and uh yeah no uh i guess this is uh saturn dave and trainer coat and Dantrax, reminding you that you must play your Sega Saturn. And until next time, we'll catch you later and go check out uh, go check out Nick's stream in an hour, okay? So we'll see you. Peace. Upgrade the shotgun now.